Today, we're going to be talking about some of the changes brought about by the American Rescue Plan, in addition to some exciting updates to the PPP loan program. Wow, what a wild ride. It's been a year of constant and never-ending change. And I can tell you the last uh, couple of months have brought even more change. And we were anticipating it, but um, it's happening. So what we're bringing to you today is the American Rescue Plan and also um, updates to the PPP uh, program for uh, Schedule C filers. So our goals today and have always been to help you understand the options available to you, provide credible and digestible resources, and offer sound recommendations. So what we're offering is practical, real-world advice. We, um, we cater to and work with uh, small businesses, so we're living this day in and day out. Uh, we work really hard to stay on top of everything that's happening and um and and so what we're bringing you is the real world um recommendations that we um hear from our our colleagues across the country as well as from our own um, experience so we're going to be answering questions at two points during the presentation and again please submit your questions via the zoom uh, question and answer feature and we'll do our best to answer them there's a lot so um bear with me um, first of all, we wanted to get a sense of who we had um, in this webinar with us. So the first polling question is, what type of business are you? Are you an independent contractor, freelancer, a sole proprietor? Are you a sole proprietor with employees? Or you're just here for the impact on individuals? I will give you a few minutes or a few seconds to put in your answer. Feel free to keep adding those answers in and we'll close the poll in about five seconds. So get those answers in as soon as you can. Awesome, and I'm gonna end the poll now. Um, so you should be able to see those results, Jennifer. Mm, I don't see them. Oh, so I'll, I'll tell you, we have 8% okay. that's independent contractor, freelancer. Um, we're split almost 50-50 with sole proprietors and small businesses with employees, and then no individuals. Okay, that, well, fantastic. This is a great, great group then for um, the topics that we're going to be covering. Um, the second question is, um, did you receive a PPP or Paycheck Protection Program law um, loan draw number one in 2020. Again, just to get a sense of um, how many folks um, attending received uh, the round one. Awesome. And just take a moment to give us your response. Everyone, you guys are getting really quick on these, these polls now. So good job. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end the poll in three, two, one. And there are our results. So Okay, okay. So about 36% received uh, round one and 64% uh, um, was were no. So that's really interesting. Um, uh, hopefully the information that we provide in this in this webinar will be um, will assist more people and able to take that draw number one or draw run loan. Okay. Um, and um, 
The third question, did you receive unemployment compensation in 2020? And again, yes or no. As you may have heard, uh, the American Rescue Plan has uh, a provision in it with regards to unemployment compensation received in 2020. Awesome. And so if you have a response, please feel free to enter it into the poll. I'll give it another couple seconds. You guys are doing great. Thank you so much for participating in the polls. They're super helpful. And then there are the results. Okay, about 44% yes and 56% no. So for those 44%, we have great news for you. Okay, and our final poll is, have you filed your 2020 individual income tax return as of today, March 18th? Awesome guys, take another moment to add that response into our poll. I'll give it three, two, one, end it, and there are the results. Okay, well this is great news too. I'm, I'm glad to see that 88% of you have not filed your return. Uh, so if, if there are some provisions in the, the American Rescue Plan that impact you, um, it's, it's a good thing you haven't filed. But for those of you that did, um, we're, uh, we're going to offer some suggestions. Okay, so we're, we put this disclaimer here. Um, this information we're, we're sharing with you today is the most recent um, information we have to share. It's based on, you know, as of today, um, Casey, and we were pulling information today from uh, resources. There's still actions pending in Congress that are going to impact some of the topics we uh, discuss here today. So um, again, this is just for informational. Always reach out to your tax professional um, to obtain advice with respect to your particular situation. So um, it's, it's unusual that where things are constantly evolving and changing. So um, number one, we're gonna be talking to the modifications to the Paycheck Protection Program. And this um, predominantly affects those Schedule C filers. I wanted to talk about the targeted idle advance um, just because a lot of folks may not know about that. Um, additional support for shuttered venues. And then we're gonna get into the American Rescue Plan. And the big, um, the big news there is there's a targeted support for restaurants. And number two, the biggest is for a lot of the Schedule C filers is a taxation of 2020 unemployment. And then as, as folks may know, there's been some recovery rebates come out. There's expanded child tax credits, dependent care assistance. There's a lot of um, uh, provisions in this particular plan uh, that seek to really help the American people. And finally, and this is fresh off the press from yesterday, the IRS announced an extension of the individual filing deadline. So let's just dive on in. So, okay, so this is, this is three or four changes to the Paycheck Protection Program. We first put together our, our webinar a year, almost a year ago when it was first rolling out. And then it was changed again in the summer and then again in December. And now finally, uh, another, another change. Uh, it, 
So part of it is coming through the uh, American Rescue Plan. There's additional funding that has been added to the PPP loan program, which is great. There's plenty of funding still available. Um, so there's, there's not a, a concern about it running out of funding. Um, most of the challenges with the existing PPP program have been with getting the applications through the system and not the um, amount of money that's available. Um, they expanded the eligibility for certain nonprofits and internet publishing organizations. And this is um, the really important part to, to keep in mind. The deadline to apply for this, uh, this current round of PPP was, is, it is currently uh, March 31st. However, there is legislation in Congress. It was voted on by the House earlier this week. It passed with bipartisan support, 415 to three. So overwhelmingly, it's in the Senate. The bill has been passed to the Senate. They have to go through their procedural, um, uh, their procedures. And from what I understand, the bill is gonna be taken up in the Senate next week. And it is anticipated that the Senate will pass it as well. And then we'll go, um, to the president or back to the house and then to the president for his signature. So it is, it is highly anticipated that the deadline to apply for this current round of PPP will be extended to May 31st, which is great news. And then um, in addition to the deadline that was for applying, there's an additional 30 days for the, for the actual loan application process to, to wrap up. So I just want to pause for a minute because the current uh, PPP lending process has been fairly uh, difficult. There's been stops and starts. Some lenders um, have stopped taking applications. Um, the SBA was going through additional fraud checks. So there was a lot of delays in the system in getting PPP loans out. Um, but the, this final bullet here, and this is great news. Uh, Biden, uh, President Biden issued an executive order and changed the loan formula for individuals who report income on a Schedule C. And so this is incredibly important. It's going to get a lot more of these funds into those Schedule C filers. Um, and if you'll see at the bottom, we have uh, links to additional resources. And what we've done is we've gone out, we've pulled resources from credible um, places, either the AICPA, the SBA, from the IRS, and uh, we have um, the link to those resources uh, down below. So what, what this executive order did was change the calculation for a Schedule C filer. So Schedule C is on the individual income tax return, and it's for um, freelancers, independent contractors, small businesses. And um, what the original PPP loan program did was they focused on line 31. Line 31 is the net profit. Um, and if, if your line 31 was small, you got a smaller PPP loan, if, or if it was negative, right? So a lot of folks sometimes have a very small uh, profit or even have a loss. Um, they were not eligible to apply for, for, for the loan in 2020. And what the administration uh, decided is that this was an equitable uh, for those smaller individuals or smaller businesses. And so what you can do now, and you can apply for your draw one loan now, um, is uh, focus on line seven, which is your gross income. So uh, you can take your, your line seven up to $100,000, divide that by 12 times two and a half. 
So that's the calculation for coming up with the PPP loan amount. Again, you take your line seven, but if it's greater than 100,000, you just use 100,000, divided by 12 times two and a half. And so that's what this, um, uh, this 20,833 amount is, is that 100,000 divided by 12 times two and a half. And I know I repeated that several times, but I wanted to make sure uh, people understood that. So if you did not receive a PPP loan in, in 2020, you can now apply. Um, and, and basically what happened is Biden came out with this executive order, I'm going to say three or four weeks ago, they actually shut down uh, the SBA shut down their loan portal. They had to redo the forms um, so that these small businesses could apply for these loans. So these these forms have been released um, and lenders uh, were starting to accept these loans. I want to caveat that. There are some lenders out there and I'm going to talk about, they're the bigger banks. So Bank of America or uh, Chase, it's the bigger banks that are not doing these Schedule C loans. Um, they just, uh, they couldn't, um, for some reason, they've just decided not to go down that path. So um, there are lenders out there that are accepting them, but some your lender may not. So you, you need to find one that, that does. The second owner draw, uh, again, can't exceed that 20833 Or if you're in NAICS Code 72, and NAICS Code 72 is those restaurants and bars, um, uh, those folks that were particularly hard hit during this pandemic, they get three and a half times. So if you take 100,000 divided by 12 times three and a half, you get to that 29,167. So this is great news for those Schedule C filers that uh, were not able to um, obtain a PPP loan in the past. So um, you're able to now, which is great. Um, they also expanded it, um, and if for some reason you were delinquent on your student loan, you couldn't apply, they've done away with that. Or if you had a non-fraud felony, they did with, away with that as well. And also, if you have an ITIN, uh, you can apply. You had to have a Social Security number before. So, greatly expanded it. So, so that's the Schedule C. Um, as for those folks that did receive round one in 2020, uh, this is just a reminder, there's simplified forgiveness, loans up to $150,000 can now, it's a one page signed attestation of compliance that you use the funds as they were intended. You don't have to, there's no complex figures or comp computations and you don't have to submit any documentation. You do have to retain your records for three years, but I'm going to caveat that because um, apparently, and I didn't realize this until it happened to a client and then I've, I've heard about it um, through other practitioners, the SBA can come back, and I have seen it in a couple of cases, the SBA can come back um, before they forgive your loan and ask for all the documentation. So it can be a rather lengthy list. So just be prepared. Don't be surprised um, if, if uh, your lender does come back and ask for that documentation, even if you're under that $150,000. And from what I understand, it's random. that It's not every loan that they're going to ask for this additional documentation, but they are asking for it. Um, okay, I, I wanted to just quickly touch on this targeted idle advance. So I'm going to rewind back into, you know, April of 2021 or 2020. And at that time, this is before the PPP loan program got rolled out. The only um, 
aid that was available to small business was an idle advance and it was through the SBA website. So in the very you know beginnings of this pandemic when businesses were start being to shut down in Washington state and then across the country the only aid available was an idle loan and this idle advance. So a lot of folks went um, through the SBA and got their idle advance. It was a thousand uh, up to $10,000 and it was supposed to be funded quickly. Um, and then they limited it um, after because there was such an overwhelming um, demand for this advance, they limited it to $1,000 per employee. So that program, the funds ran out in 2020, they closed it down. But in um, the last piece of legislation that was passed in December, uh, they, they introduced this targeted idle advance. So what this is, it's an additional um, funding for idols, but you have to, first of all, you have to be in um, a low uh, income community. Your business has to be located in, in certain uh, communities. And then secondly, you have to be invited by the SBA to apply. So you can't go to the SBA, SBA website and apply for this advance. You have to be invited to apply. Um, I've had a couple clients who've actually gotten email from the SBA and they ask for a lot of information. Um, and the biggest one is you have to have suffered a revenue loss of at least 50%. So they ask for a month by month revenue uh, for 2020 and 2020. 2019. And again, and no more than 10 employees. So what this is designed to do is get you back up to that $10,000 if you qualify for this. Um, and there is also an, a supplemental amount um, that's available. So again, I just wanted to make folks aware of it. If you happen to be located in one of these low-income communities um, and you receive an email from the SBA, this is what it's all about. But if, if, uh, if you're thinking you might, you have to wait, like you, you can't go apply yourself. So, all right, the last one I just wanted to touch on briefly is this grant for shuttered venues. This again uh, came out with the, uh, the Appropriations Act that was passed at the end of December 2020. And basically this is a grant for shuttered venues. So if you think about um, the, the uh, the museums, uh, live theater, um, concert, any of those types of venues, as well as talent representatives. They're, they're, so there's this grant program that's going to be available to them where they can receive, and it's a pretty generous 40% of their 2019 revenue. So this particular grant program is not open yet. You can go to the SBA website. You can sign up for email alerts. They do have additional information there. There's an application checklist. It's rather lengthy. Um, I scanned it for a client of mine. Uh, there's a lot of information that, that they require. So this is not going to be an easy application. Um, so if you if you think you fall within uh, this shuttered venue, um, you definitely start taking a look. There's also um, an application site where you need to register to start. They're not accepting applications, but you can at least get registered. So, and there's also um, on the SBA website and one of the attachments we have to our um, presentation, the eligibility requirements where the SBA has issued um, who is eligible to apply for this, these particular grants. And it's a grant, it's not a loan. So um, it's, it's a very generous uh, benefit to help these um, very hard hit venues. So, all right. So the 
the big the big uh, piece of legislation that just got passed a week ago, the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, was signed by President Biden on March 11th. And um, this one actually blew my mind, right? I've been a tax practitioner for 35 years, and it changed the prior year's rules while we're in the middle of trying to file the returns. So um, I'd never, ever seen that uh, happen. Uh, so what's included? And, and one thing, it's a $1.9 trillion package. And um, I have to say they're really, uh, the, the aim of this package was really to target the assistance in those industries and those places and those people that need the assistance. Um, so agriculture and nutrition programs, education, um, vaccines, therapeutics, testing, housing, um, housing, there's a huge housing crisis. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of individuals out there who are unemployed haven't been able to pay their rent or mortgage for the past year. So there's some assistance there. Uh, additional small business lending. There's um, uh, programs for the airlines and transportation, airports, Amtrak. Um, there's childcare assistance. Um, and of course, there's funding for state and local um, governments. And then, of course, the extension of the federal unemployment of $300 per week through um, September 6. So it was packed with um, a lot of uh, stimulus for different, different people. Um, the biggest uh, support or thing that they did for the restaurants is a brand new um, SBA program. Um, and it's a grant program for restaurants. And in, they call it a restaurant revitalization fund. And it's a $28.6 billion um, grant program to be administered by the Small Business Administration. And the amount of the grant is really uh, focused on your 2019 receipts, gross receipts versus your 2020 gross receipts, reduced by any amount of a PPP loan you may have received. And the maximum grant, again, it's not a loan, it's a grant, um, is $5 million per physical location. And um, so, and, and it's, it's really interesting, you know, what, what, what is covered under this restaurant revitalization program. And basically, it is any place you would like to go and hang out with your friends and have um, something to eat or drink. Um, so it's a restaurant, a food stand, a food truck, a food cart, a caterer, a saloon, an inn, a tavern, a bar, a lounge, a brew pub, tasting room, tap room. And um, so it's, it's pretty extensive. Um, and what can it be used for is payroll, mortgage payments, rents, utilities. It's pretty broad. Um, basically, if you remember the early days of the PPP loan, it was very narrow in the costs that could be covered. Here, they realize and recognize that restaurants have a lot more operating costs to stay open and, and um, a viable business. So they've expanded it to include their normal operating costs. So there's two caveats. Number one, you have to stay in business, right? You can't take the money and run. You have to stay in business. And number two, you've got to use the funds up or you've got to return them. So um, it's, it's a pretty generous um, program, but they really want those uh, restaurants to be open and running um, and spending the money where it's needed. All right, so that was exciting. There's more good updates coming. Ah, the unemployment benefits. So for those folks who received unemployment benefits in 2020. We can now exclude up to 10,200 of those unemployment benefits from 
your taxable income. So as a background, unemployment benefits are included in taxable income. That's the way the code was currently was written before is all um, all of your unemployment benefits and typically unemployment benefits came from the state. And then during the pandemic, there's also this federal benefit. So this 10,200 is that amount of that federal benefit of $600 for 17 weeks. And that's how they came up with the number. And so what happens when states were administering this federal unemployment, they were withholding on the state portion, but not necessarily on the federal portion. So uh, Congress, and it, this was a provision that was introduced in the Senate, they recognized that these folks who were unemployed, who didn't have withholding, would most likely be facing a tax bill and be unable to pay. So I, I think this is a great provision to add in. My only challenge is now I've got to try and implement it during a filing season. So that's the challenge right now is uh, we have uh, we have to go back. We've got to, we paused actually internally in our firm. We paused uh, preparing any of our individual returns where they had an unemployment benefit because we wanted to make sure that the IRS had enough time to implement um, and then number two, that the tax software could be updated. Uh, anyway, so it's been it's been a challenge, uh, to say the least. Um, so it's ten thousand two hundred um, for folks who have a modified adjusted gross income of less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars whether you're married, filing joint, or single, or head of household. It, it's just a flat $150,000 and there's no phase out. If you if your modified adjusted gross income is higher than that, then you, you can't take advantage of the of excluding this 10,200 in unemployment. Um, so what we've been, um, you know, advising our clients is to wait if they do, um, because the tax software has not been updated, the IRS has just come out with guidance this week and a worksheet calculator. Um, so we've been telling our clients just to wait because I would rather file the return with this calculated correctly than to file a return and then have to figure out how to get um, something amended or uh, get the refund back. Um, so, and the IRS has actually said that if you have already filed your return and you're this 10,000, you're you have unemployment and you could take this um, 10,200 exclusion, don't file an amended return, just wait. Um, and I'm going to talk about this later in the presentation, but please, please, please do not file an amended return in paper. Um, we have the option to file uh, 2020 amended returns electronically. You do not want to file any amended returns in paper with the IRS. Um, and we'll talk about why later. But um, if there's one takeaway, do not file an amended return for 2020 in paper with the IRS. It's just, you don't want to do it. Um, okay. So what is this modified adjusted gross income, right? So they take and modify it. So if you're close to that $150,000 phase out, there may be things that you can do, right? So there's some adjustments to your gross income, your adjusted gross income that may drag your this $150,000 down below that threshold. And the one I wanted to point out is this retirement savings deduction. So if you're able... Uh, to take an IRA, a deductible IRA contribution that may drag you 
drag your um, modified adjusted gross income down under 150,000, and then you would be able to exclude those unemployment benefits. Um, and just to clarify, it's 10,200 if you're married filing joint for each spouse. And if, uh, and both of them have to have received unemployment benefits um, to take that, both, both of the exclusions. Okay. Um, the next one is child independent credits. This is really exciting. They've increased the amount of a, the child tax credit to $3,000 per child. It was $2,000. And they also increased it for children under six from $2,000 to $3,600. So um, this is, a, again, a, an increase in the child tax credit. So, you know, families with children were able, they were able to claim this credit um, under certain income thresholds. The other thing that they did is a child under the prior law was anybody under the age of 17. So if you had a high school student you didn't get um, who was 17, um, you didn't get this child tax credit. So they've expanded it to include, you know, those, those um, dependents that are 18 and younger um, and now qualify for this credit. The, the fun part about this particular credit is it's going to be refundable and you're going to have the opportunity, if you choose, to get advanced payments up to 50% of the credit um, through an IRS portal. Um, these payments are slated to be paid out so you can get half um, July through December. So six months of these payments uh, you can receive. And again, more guidance is going to be coming out and from what I what we've been told is the IRS will have a portal where you can go and sign up for to receive these advanced credits on the child um, credit. The next one is uh, the dependent care credit. So if, if you've got children and daycare, uh, it's double the, um, the credit. It was um, 4,000 and now it's 8,000. So they basically doubled the expenses that uh, qualify for the credit. Um, they've also expanded the income threshold. So some folks before um, they they didn't weren't able to receive this credit because or they got a reduced credit because of their income. So they've expanded it uh, so that more families could take advantage of this particular credit. All right, and I'm sure hopefully a lot of you have already started to receive the next round of stimulus payments. Um, I was super impressed with the uh, Department of Treasury. Biden signed uh, the legislation on Thursday and I heard that stimulus checks were hitting people's accounts two days later, which is uh, really, really astounding. Um, it's $1,400 per individual and per dependent. So, um, Previous rounds, you had to exclude college students and qualifying rel relatives as, as who were claimed as dependents. Now it includes everybody. So it's your children um, of, who are, are your dependents, as well as if you have, if you're, you, know, you have an elderly uh, a parent or a relative that you also claim as a dependent, then uh, you would receive $1,400 for them as well. There is a phase out, right? So they enhance the amount of, of the stimulus check but now there's a phase out and it's a much narrower phase out. So for a single person, it's 75,000 to 80,000. It's completely phased out at that. 
For a married filing joint, it's between 150,000 and 160,000. And for head of household, it's 112,500 to 120,000. So there's um, what the IRS is looking at is either your 2019 return or your 2020. So some folks are looking to see if you know, they're gonna fall within these phase out limits to figure out if they wanna wait for the stimulus check and then file their 2020 or go ahead and file their 2020 so that they can get the, the bump. So it's really taking a look at those, those two years. The, the stimulus payments that we received back in 2020 and the ones received earlier this year in January are all being trued up on your 2020 return. This particular stimulus payment is going to be trued up on your 2021 return. So, um, so I, I, you know, I, people are always worried they're going to miss out. It's going to be trued up on a return. You may just may, if for some reason you don't get it, it will be trued up. Um, and oh, the earned income tax credit, they expanded it so that more people uh, would qualify for it. Um, it, it this particular change um, impacts those who are single. Uh, it expanded uh, the, 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 the people uh, of certain age brackets, they were unable to qualify for the earned income credit previously. And also if you were over a certain age, you couldn't qualify. So they've just taken off the or reduced these um, age restrictions and um, uh, made it so that um, more folks could uh, qualify for this earned income credit. Um, this credit is also, you're also able to take an advance on it as well. Um, okay, student loans. And this is just step one, I, I believe in a, in a multiple step process to um, get the student loans of uh, some portion of a student loan debt forgiven, um, both at a federal level, um, but this has to do with the taxability of it. So if you have student loans and for some reason you negotiated with the lender and they forgave um, a portion of your loans, that under the old rules would be taxable unless you, you work through the um, the discharge of indebtedness rules and um, were able to qualify to, to exclude it. But the general rule is debt, uh, cancellation of debt is included in income. So this changes it and says it does not include uh, this discharge of student loan debt um, for, um, for any loan after December, for any discharge after December 31st, 2020 and before January 1, 2026. So, um, People out there believe this is just the first step uh, to the, another round of um, legislation where uh, there may be a federal um, uh, amount of debt that is, is forgiven. All right. Oh, so this just came out yesterday. Um, I'm a member of the American Institute of CPAs, and they had sent a letter to, to the commissioner of the IRS two or three weeks ago asking for the deadline to be extended to June 15th. Last year, it was extended to July 15th. They were asking for June 15th. Members of Congress were asking for June 15th. The IRS came out yesterday and they moved it from April to May 17th, which, um, and only for certain types of returns. So for individual returns, um, it's moved to May 17th. 
um, but it doesn't include your 2020 quarterly estimates and it doesn't include corporate returns. So it's kind of, um, so the AICPA has come out and said, you know, this is just causes more confusion. And they're again, uh, pressing Congress to do something to extend it to June 15th. But for right now, what we know is um, the individual uh, deadline for the federal return is May 17th. We have to wait to see what the states are doing. Okay, so this, uh, this causes a little bit of ripple effect. Um, most of the states piggyback off the federal return, which means you have to file the federal so you can file the state. So if the state doesn't extend, you still have to go ahead and get your return done so you can file them together. Um, uh, yeah, and, and not all the states are gonna follow the federal. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And um, I, I can tell you here in Arizona, one of the things that will not happen, and they didn't do it last year, if you want to make an Arizona uh, uh, donation that qualifies for a credit, you still have to do that by April 15th. Uh, the state came out with today just to make it clear to everybody that if you do want to do that uh, credit donation, it has to be done um, by April 15th deadline. So just makes our, our, our lives just a little more interesting trying to figure out when the ball is going to stop bouncing. Um, okay, so this is, this is the big issue that I, I really wanted to alert everyone to is the Internal Revenue Service. There are, um, I, 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 I stutter here because the service um, issues are, are just, it's unprecedented. And I've been working, with, you know, in this industry for a long time and have had to work with the IRS and I've seen them backlog before, but this is the worst ever. And I've told the story before, they actually shut down for three months in 2020. They shut down at the end of March and didn't reopen physically. They sent everybody home um, and didn't reopen until, until uh, July 15th. And what happened is things got backlogged, right? They had millions of pieces of mail that had not been opened. Um, and, things just nothing, very little happened during that time. They did have some agents that were able to work remotely, but for the most part, um, their workforce was not processing returns, was not responding, uh, opening and responding to the mail. So, um, and th this is just a snowball effect of, you know, they, their uh, technology is outdated. They've um, had funding shortages for years, so they're short-staffed. So it was always a challenge to work with the IRS before the pandemic. It's very difficult now. Um, I read an article the other day, they're only responding to 25% of the calls. I've gotten very creative on how I get through to the IRS. Um, some days I just designate a day to to you know, keep dialing. And then once I get an agent, I stay on with them for hours to go through um, whatever matters I need to go through. So um, my our biggest thing is if you need to mail anything to the IRS, send it in certified return receipt requested. That is the only way you will know that it was actually received. And it was taking, you know, it could take weeks for you to get that notification back that they actually received it. So, um, and the other thing, if you're going to call the IRS, call early in the day. Don't call late in the day. Um, and if it can be done online, do it online. So um, I, we, we, we advise all of our clients, if you owe the IRS money, if you need to make a payment, do it through their online portal. Uh, because mailing in a check, it may not be opened. It may not be matched with the correct return. And so there, you could get notices. Um, 
it's so it's just a, it's a it's a challenge. So I'm overly nice to IRS agents because I know they it must be really difficult on their end as well. So um, starting in 2019, you could file amended returns electronically. Okay, so 2020 returns can be filed electronically as well. So if you need to file an amended 2020 return for any reason, please make sure you do it electronically. Prior to 2019, all amended returns had to be filed in paper. So I had clients where we filed amended returns last July. They still have not been processed. It's nine months later. And it's not even showing up in the IRS's system as they've opened the mail and started processing the return. So it's incredibly frustrating and you can't get through to talk to a person to figure out where it is. So um, again, we uh, do our best to do everything um, electronically that we can with the IRS just to, um, and, and certified mail, everything. All right, so, um, uh, we're JJ Mansfield. We're a tax accounting and advisory firm here located. Uh, we have an office in Cahoots. I'm in Tucson. We're based here in Arizona. We love small and medium business um, and their owners. And uh, we are a diverse uh, company with people from all kinds of backgrounds. So uh, we're delighted to be able to present and um, uh, in coordination with Cahoots. Uh, Cahoots has been a, a marvelous, uh, you know, resource for us and a place for us to, to exist as a, as a firm. So um, you can always reach out to us. Um, our, our, uh, uh, there's info at JJ Mansfield. The other way is if you go to our website, jjmansfield.com, there's a get in touch button. Um, and if you know, we're, uh, we're here to answer your questions. If we can be of assistance, uh, we'd be delighted. 